It did look like a crime scene, the photo that you shared with us of you having to open up your printer and fix a jam. Yeah, it was it was Mandy in the office under her desk with the butter knife. With your printer. <laughs> I see a lot for uh, Roombas, how like they're so dramatic because if they get stuck on a corner, they like act like they're going to fall off a ledge and they're like... <laughs> Roomba needs help. And we're like, we're all on the edge, Roomba. We all need help. Just get over it and continue on with your day. (laughs) Oh, my God. Welcome to Talking Underwater. One water. One podcast. I'm Bob Crossan, Editorial Director of the Endeavor Business Media Water Group. I am Katie Johns, Editor-in-Chief of Stormwater Solutions and Water Quality Products. I'm Mandy Crispin, Editor-in-Chief of Water World. In this month's episode of Talking Underwater, we have another special episode for you. This one features some audio diaries from two professionals during their time at WefTech in Chicago or earlier this month. The first voice you'll hear is that of Jay Surdy. He's a service line leader for wastewater treatment and recycling in the Americas and also East Region Biosolids leader for GHD. The second voice you will hear is Stephen Cates, Market Development Manager for Veolia Water Technologies and Solutions. Between these diaries, myself, Mandy, and Katie will be chatting briefly about what they have said and how it relates to our experiences and thoughts from WefTech, so let's jump right into Jay's diary now. Hello, my name is Jay Surti. I am the Wastewater Treatment and Recycling Service Line Leader for GHD. I have attended WefTech for about seven times over the last decade. One comment I heard at WefTech in 2023 is that we are in uncharted territory with regards to climate change. The challenges our industry is facing now are very unique. Planning of our wastewater infrastructure over the second half of the last century did not take into consideration the climate change extremes we are experiencing now. Research has revealed that water risk due to climate change could wipe out $5.6 trillion from GDP by 2050. That's a staggering number. I believe that the time is now to overcome the short-term vision and decision-making and consider long-term generational needs in adapting to climate change. The need for collaboration among various sectors, keeping social and environmental equity at the top of mind in achieving climate change resiliency, is greater than ever. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks, Jay, for for sharing that. And what I, the couple notes I made from his were about, he talks about, we're in uncharted territory with regard to climate change and that it's posing some unique challenges. Um, And I think that that couldn't be more true. I think we're on this, this odd precipice of needing more mitigation, more resiliency, which we talk about all the time. Um, and it makes sense that that kept coming up at WefTech because that is the show where all these minds are coming together to try to to solve these uncharted problems that we have, like, like he was saying. Yeah, the need for collaboration um, was one of the things that I heard at the show also, um, a one water approach. Uh, I was asking people routinely what is new here and um, someone had answered, um, you know, just the collaboration aspect. And then another colleague corrected him and said it's really an evolving situation, to which he agreed. Yeah, 
I think what struck me the most about Jay mentioned, he talked about climate change a lot. And I think what's really fascinating about that is that he talked about how when these infrastructure things were built 30, 40, 50 years ago, the impact of climate change was not truly understood at that time. And so we're running into problems because of climate change, because it was not something that we could necessarily prepare for or we didn't properly prepare for because we didn't have the knowledge that we now have for the present, right? So it does, it is really interesting to think about it from that lens of these infrastructure projects are generational. And because they're generational, we can't really see that far in the future to plan for every possible outcome. So we always are going to have to upgrade our, our infrastructure. We're always going to have to address these new market conditions and conditions of the world that we exist in when the present is 30 years from now. So I think that was really fascinating. And you'll hear too, one of the things that will thread Jay's comments with that of Stephen Cates's is that both of them are looking at the market from a position of what's driving things. And Jay's tends to be more on the, the municipal side, what is driving things from the municipal leader's point of view. And Stephen Cates is talking about it a little bit more from the OEM side. So why don't we hear from him about what that means and what he's talking about there. Hello, my name is Stephen Cates, and I'm a market development manager with Veolia Water Technologies and Solutions. I've attended WEFTEC for 15 years. This year, one question that I've heard that was quite novel was really around the role of regulations in the innovation process. I find that it really got me thinking about where regulation fits in within that process and how it breeds adoption. Um, I think that there is a group that is really critical in developing and bringing innovation forward to a point where you can have the innovators and the early adopters start to understand the value propositions of technologies and how they fit within solving the current challenges. And then that role of regulation really fits with the adoption angle of it because once a technology has been accepted by some of these early stage stakeholders, um, the regulation really supports the adoption of that new innovation. Based on my WEFTEC experience this year, um, what, what appears to be one of the more pressing issues in the, in the water industry, and I think that to me, and maybe I selected this through, through my focus, but um, water scarcity and um, the availability of fresh water seems to be something that is um, that is a huge challenge in our industry and um, a lot of discussion around water reuse technologies um, and some developments around direct and indirect potable recycling um, to allow us to augment and have a more sustainable freshwater supply. So as I said, Stephen Cates talked a lot about the driving forces, but he talked about it more from the innovation side. So I'm thinking this is more related to the equipment manufacturers and the people who are making new innovative technologies, whereas Jay was talking more about it from the position of this is what's driving need from the utility space. And I think what's in, what, what could be quite notable to mention here is how 
they aren't exactly the same, right? Like the regulatory things do not necessarily align with climate change, even though it can have that that marriage at times. It doesn't necessarily totally align. So the innovation isn't always happening at the in the space that the municipality is looking for that innovation to be had. And I found that particularly um, thought provoking when listening to what Stephen Cates had to say. Yeah, and the the note uh, that I thought was interesting is he also mentioned the role of regulations and in innovation, which I mm-hmm. think is something that we all know is there, but it's kind of pushed to, maybe to the back of our minds in some cases when we're talking about innovation. But yeah, it's possible that obviously regulations could hinder or spur innovation. It's just an interesting um, thing to have to, to to think about right now. I'm you know interviewing all of our top project winners. And a lot of them talk about how challenging the regulation or permit um, process was in those projects and how they had to work around that to make these innovative projects that are now being recognized. And I think if we think about it, like we could take PFAS as an example. So Henry Kroll did, um, Henry Kroll of Stantec did a presentation um, at Weftech entitled Cost Impacts of PFAS on Clean Water Community with um, Emily Remmel. And a key takeaway from that talk was how regulations are the driver of adoption of PFAS mitigation technology. So it seems like everybody's kind of waiting for some guidance before they decide where to read, uh, distribute their resources. But then on the other side, they have to know where are people going to be spending their money so we can make the correct technology. So. Um, a little bit of a double-edged sword there and how it ties together. Yeah, regulations have driven the innovation for many years and the adoption from the utility perspective. So to to that point, that's a great point you bring up, Mandy, about what Jay is talking about doesn't necessarily align with the regulatory thing, but that's because there's so much uncertainty with regulations right now in the water market across all the verticals, whether that's the PFAS issues in drinking water, the unknowns of PFAS in biosolids and sludge, um, PFAS even in stormwater runoff, like how is that going to be regulated? There's a lot of things related to that that are driving things. And then it also makes me think when I'm thinking about Stephen Cates' comments and the OEMs, the original equipment manufacturers, is the impact of things like BABA, which is also has a lot of uncertainty to it. And a lot of these American-made companies are questioning whether they actually can still comply when everything that they do has been American-made and then they add in a controller that requires circuitry or a circuit board or silicon from China or or Asia, and now the cost structure is such that it no longer complies. How do they navigate that space? Can they just say that the the other elements of the product actually cost more now and make the cost structure different uh, to create uh, more harmony? And in doing so, that's going to inflate the prices of products, and it creates a trickle down effect with utilities. So there's a lot of really hard th- hard truths that I think we're going to be faced with when it comes to these regulations and how are we going to address them how are we going to adapt to them both from the manufacturer side and from the utility side and even the engineers and consultants who need to know about these things when they're putting together their projects and designing everything and I think that was kind of one of the big takeaways I took away from from WebTech is there needs to be a lot more education about all the things that are happening right now and the problem is it's hard to educate when it's a moving target because there's nothing that seems to be clear Another thing that is kind of thread between the, these two perspectives is 
we're kind of working with a lot of unknowns, right? Jay mentioned climate change. Steven's talking about regulations. And Mandy, when you were talking about PFAS, it brings up a good point because right now the focus is on PFAS and it will be for a while. But microplastics are also becoming a major mm-hmm. issue. There's all mm-hmm. there's more emerging contaminants that are coming about that are going to change regulations that are going to change innovation. And so it's it's a weird time to to be navigating solutions because there's always going to be something else coming around the corner. Yeah, which goes nicely back to Bob's point <laughs> about uh, things, you know, almost having to be a predictor of the future. What's going to what's it going to be 30 years from now? So, yeah. Well, with that, I, we will go on to our housekeeping. I hope you enjoyed this little perspective on WefTech, getting some information and thoughts from people who attended with uh, the, getting that perspective. So it's not just us talking about our experience, but also getting some professionals' thoughts on it as well. But as for housekeeping, for WWD, be sure to check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Wastewater Digest. You can subscribe to watch all of our videos. We have a lot of WebTech videos coming out. In fact, three already are up on our website with Aoife Tayo Venner, the pre- immediate past president of WEF. We have Amy Colleen, who is the now current president of WEF, as well as the future CEO of Xylem, Matthew Pine, who will start his tenure as CEO starting January 1st. And for Waterworld, we'll also have video interviews from WestTech available on waterworld.com. You can subscribe to the print version of Waterworld now by clicking subscribe in the top nav on waterworld.com. It's free and the digital issue is also available online via waterworld.com. Just go to magazines in the top nav bar. The November to December issue will be out soon. And for Stormwater Solutions, we are still seeking input on our 2023 State of the Industry Survey. So just take a few minutes and fill out the uh, questionnaire at bit.ly slash SWSSOTI23. And with that, don't forget to like, subscribe, share on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Spotify. You can also reach us at talkingunderwater at endeavorb2b.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TUW Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.